0: The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there save that one wherein two his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone, howbeit there were other boats that came on from Tiberias. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, how did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat that perisheth, but that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Welcome to the Unchanging Word
1: Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me too. Calvary, life that never ends. The unchanging word Bible study continues in the Gospel of John. We are in chapter 6, beginning at verse 21. In this lesson, the crowd who has seen Jesus feed the 5,000 and had noticed that Jesus did not go with his disciples in the boat across the lake were now wondering how he came now to be in Capernaum. While well, only his disciples knew, crowd did not. Jesus reveals truth to his disciples who believe in him that is not made known to the crowds who do not know him. Jesus further speaks with this crowd of people who seemed to want to do the works of God, but it is at this point that our Lord discloses what the work of God really is. While well, here with your Bible open, in our study, Turn to John chapter 6, verses 21 through 34 with Dr. Mitchell.
0: Again, we come to you and we're studying the gospel through John. And again, I press upon you the great need of reading and rereading the Word of God so that as you follow along with us in the study of this wonderful gospel through John, our minds will be filled with the text so that as we speak of it and try to explain it, it'll come very, it'll, it will become more and more clear to your own heart and mind. Now in the sixth chapter, and we've just finished, dealing with two miracles that our Lord performed. One was the feeding of the 5,000 on five loaves and two fishes, and then the Lord stilling the storm, walking on the water, and stilling the fear of His own people. Again, may I remind you, He does not still the storms for the multitude. He did this just for His disciples. The Lord is dealing today only with His people. He's a Savior for sinners who will come to Him. But He's praying and representing His own people before the throne. He's greatly concerned about His people. And He is our shepherd. We can say with the psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Now we come down, out of this comes the great discourse of the bread of life. Possibly one of the greatest discourses we have in the Bible. Um, it's great claims that I am the bread of life. And let me just preface my remarks by saying, in the book of Exodus, you remember chapter 6, we have where, where the Lord said to Moses, By my name, Jehovah, I was not known to your forefathers, but by my name, El Shaddai, the I Am, Jehovah, the ever-present God, the the I Am, that I Am. In fact, when you come to chapter 8 of this book, of John, when he claims this, openly claims it, they seek to kill him. So we have in this great chapter, the chapter of our Lord claiming to be, I Am, the bread of life. Now, to get a little background of this, it might be well for you to read from the 16th chapter of the book of Exodus. You remember when Israel came out of the wilderness, after they were thirsty in chapter 15 and their thirst was quenched, we find in chapter 16 they cried, they were hungry, and the Lord sent them manna from heaven. And they, they, each day they gathered their manna according to their appetite. And then on the sixth day they were a uh, they were to collect double so that they would not have to be gathering it on the Sabbath day. And by the way, the 16th chapter of Exodus is the first mention of the Sabbath day since the book of Genesis chapter 2. It's when God has a people drawn to himself. As he could say in Exodus chapter 19, I brought you on eagle's wings to myself, God's people in a wilderness, and God supplying not only water, but also the manner. And out of this, you have this great discourse of our Savior in John chapter 6. Now, let me read, first of all, uh, the setting uh, where the people are seeking the physical and the spectacular instead of the spiritual. After the Lord came back from uh, delivering His disciples from the storm, I read in verse 22, the day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there save that one wherein to his disciples were entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat but that his disciples were gone away alone. howbeit there were other boats that came on from Tiberias and so on. First, 4, 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, teacher, how'd you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat that perisheth but that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom you, he has sent. Let me just stop here for a moment. You'll notice in the the setting of this background here, down to verse especially through verse 25 and 26. You have the people seeking the physical instead of the spiritual. They can't get away from the fact in their own minds that the kingdom of God is a materialistic kingdom. For some reason, they were occupied with the physical and the material. And our Lord revealed to them that the kingdom of God is spiritual. Now, they wanted Him to serve them. listen. what he said. You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you of the loaves and were filled. You know, I, I sometimes wonder if, if they wanted the lotus to have a restaurant there to feed them. The wonderful thing, you know. Let's make him a king. This man can take five little loaves and two fishes and feed the whole crowd. Well, let's make him a king. Their eyes were occupied with the materialistic philosophy of life. Indeed, they wanted life, but not spiritual life. And out of this comes the great discourse in this passage. Let me say this. In the passage, you're going to find that our Lord claims that those who believe on him will have everlasting life. They will have satisfying life. They will have resurrection life. They will have indwelling life it ends up with the great question given to Peter. And Peter says, Lord, where can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. But I want to get this into your heart. They were not seeking Jesus for himself. They were seeking Jesus because he had met their physical, materialistic need. Please, my friend, I ask you the question, Is the great yearning of your heart for the person of Christ himself, or are you seeking some experience, or are you seeking something else instead of Christ? Let us not be like these Jews. Do you remember in chapter 2, verse 24, Jesus would not commit himself to the Jews because he knew what was in them. And the preceding part of the verse says, Many of the Jews believed on him when they saw the miracles which he did, but he would not commit himself to them because he knew what was in men. In other words, they were following him because of what they saw, because of what they felt. They saw people healed. They had their own appetite satisfied with bread and fish, and they were following Jesus. Perfectly, it was a perfectly human thing to do, by the way, especially when their hearts were occupied with what they could receive rather than upon him the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to take, first of all, the life he gives is eternal life. This is verses 26 to 34. The life he gives is eternal life. You have it also in verse 47, where our Lord said in verse 47, Very, very I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Now remember, it's Passover time. Their minds were upon Moses And the question is going to be raised, are you greater than Moses? Allow me to read the verses again. In verse 26, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And out of this statement... They raised the question, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? His answer is, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Now, that would have been sufficient, would it not? No, no. Oh, no. Verse 30, they said therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, can you match that? Our fathers ate bread from heaven. Jesus said, Yes, I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. I want us to stop here for a little while. You notice he was, he was offering them in verse 26 and 27, especially 27, after rebuking them for their lack of spiritual hunger, he said, labor not for the meat which perisheth. You've just had, you've just had bread and fish and have satisfied your natural physical hunger. Don't labor for that, but rather labor for the meat which perisheth. But but rather, labor for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father saved. Now, it looks on the service as if you labor to get eternal life. See, he has just said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat, labor for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Don't stop there. "...which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed." In other words, our Lord here is saying, I am the one whom the Father has sent forth. And if you don't believe me, then you don't believe my Father. Notice how often our Lord brings this up concerning the relationship between himself and his Father. For to reject the Savior is to reject the Father. Now they said, okay, okay, We have to labor for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Well, what shall we do? You talk about laboring, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom you sent. Did you hear what I said? Pardon me, did you hear what the word of God said? Jesus said, Don't you labor for that which perisheth, don't spend your time on passing transient things. Like a great many people today, they would rather have the material, the physical, satisfied than spiritual life. I say this very sadly because the same, philis- the same materialistic philosophy has swept over into the professing church of Christ. With the result, our Savior has been pushed to one side. The word of God is closed, and men are obsessed, obsessed with the desire for material gain, for physical enjoyment, and Christ is neglected. I'm talking about Christians. The world, of course, is that's where the world lives. The world is never any time for the Savior, no place for the Savior. But for Christians, too many are laboring for the meat that perisheth. Now when Jesus brought this matter up, they said, Well, what shall we do? You talk about laboring for meat that endures to eternal life, and you're going to give this life. What work can we do to receive this eternal life? Jesus said, This is the work of God. Notice please, Jesus said this This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. When the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16 said to the Apostle Paul, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say, well, now you wash the salt out of these wounds and, and make up for the torching you've given to us, then I'll tell you how to be saved. Oh, no, oh, no. Immediately came the response, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Again, allow me to emphasize, to believe in the Bible means to put your trust in Jesus Christ. It's not just an intellectual assent to some doctrine or some truth or even to the gospel, the history of the gospel, the historic facts. He wants you to put your trust in him. This is the work of God for you, my friend. Well, isn't there a verse someplace in the Bible which says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, that's in Philippians chapter 2, reading from about verses 13 to 15, where it says, uh, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But please don't stop there. Read the rest of it. For it is God who worketh in you that which will please him, to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, friend, it's the life has to be in you before it can be worked out through you. What is the work of God, they asked Jesus. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. And the one whom the Father has sent is the one who gives you eternal life. And when you receive eternal life, as you yield yourself to the Lord, then that life is lived out through you. And that salvation is, which God has given to you, will be worked out in your life. This is why I'm, I'm coupling up Philippians 2 with this passage. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom you sent. Now mark what they said. Now give us a sign. You know, you, you, you feel disgusted with these Jews, and yet we shouldn't be because most of us do the same thing. Give us a sign. Give us a sign whereby we may see and believe. Now remember, they were following him because they saw the signs. He said, you don't follow me because of who I am. You follow me because your tummies were filled. They'd just seen him feed 5,000 men and women on five loaves and two fishes. They'd seen these things. In the preceding chapter, they knew about the man 38 years infirmed who'd been healed of the Savior. And being in Capernaum in Galilee, I'm sure they must have heard of what Jesus did in chapter 2, where he turned the water into wine at a marriage feast. How many more signs do you think people want? My friend, when people say, I want a sign, if God does certain things, I'll believe. You won't. You won't. I remember being in a home where a little baby was dying, and I remember the woman said to me, we'd been dealing with her about her salvation, her acceptance of the Savior, and she said, Mr. Mitchell, if the Lord if the Lord heals my baby, I'll believe. So I took the baby in my arms, and I prayed for the baby, and this was in the middle of the night. Child was running a high fever. We couldn't get to a doctor. It was way out in the country, and by morning, the fever broke, and I said to her, Will you now believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? The Lord has touched your baby. She said, oh, I thought he would have done it in a few seconds. You see, friend, asking for signs is just trying to rationalize your unbelief. These people didn't want Jesus. They wanted to see the miraculous. They wanted to see the spectacular. What signs shows thou? Give us some more signs. Do something more spectacular and we'll believe you know our fathers, don't you forget, they are saying, our fathers that eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. Yes, and they're dead. Remember, you go further into the chapter. Remember, in verse 58, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. The bread that I gave will give you a life eternal. You see there, if I can put it in my own words, what they're saying to Jesus is, give us a sign. You know, our fathers ate bread from heaven. Every day they got fresh bread from heaven. Can you match that? Can you do anything like that? And the Lord says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Moses didn't give you that bread. Moses didn't give you that bread from heaven. But my father giveth you the bread of life from heaven. For the bread of God is he which came down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Friend, you know, it's a wrong philosophy when you say, give us a sign. People today say, well, seeing is believing. That's not true. That's not true. These people had seen miracle after miracle, and yet they had not believed. When a person says, I won't believe unless I see, our friend, you're just telling me you have no faith at all. And you remember in Hebrews chapter 11, the sixth verse, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeketh. seek him. Friend, again may I say, and I, I, I've repeated this so often I don't mind doing it again, quoting from Hebrews chapter 3, the 12th verse, I believe it is, which says that unbelief is the product of an evil heart. Oh, listen. Jesus Christ is the only one who can give eternal life. Now we've been dealing that from the first chapter right on through these six chapters. In chapter 1, 4, He in him is life. In chapter 4, he... He's the water of life. Here is eternal life, which God gives to everyone who will put their trust in him. But see, you've got to put your trust in him. In John 17, our Lord says that the Father had given him authority to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And I just plead with your heart today, friend. Why don't you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you want to live forever, there's only one place to find it, and that's in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Simple trust in the Savior to as many as received him to them he gives the right to become the children of God. Why don't you accept him today and pass from death to life?
2: Light, light, the dawn that covered me Inside Christ's reign Outside I see someone it's like since he